1: Hello, everybody, welcome back to Total Screamers. I'm Simo, I'm joined by Jake. Zoologic. Hi, guys, welcome back. So, we need to start the pod off on a little bit of a sad note. Gerard Hulay died today at the age of 73 years old. Um, Obviously, Jake, we, we both know him in, the, in terms of he brought back trophies to Liverpool, just maybe slightly before our time, maybe just as we were just young enough to to, to understand the, the top level of football. Um, but yeah, he's he's, he's been on, on Twitter and stuff like that. The players that have played under him have come out and, and told some really, really lovely stories about him. Um, when I was at work today, I was listening to Danny Murphy speak on the radio. Uh, and tell a story about the the league cup, the first cup that Gerard Houllier won as Liverpool manager, and when essentially so Danny played in every game uh, up until the final, got injured beforehand, never got a medal, uh, and Gerard Houllier gave gave him his medal uh, on the pitch then, and which I thought was a was a really lovely gesture. And if you look at the other stories players are telling, very consistently the same thing. I've been a really Really charismatic, sort of caring guy, uh, and a really, really good football mind. So obviously, I thought to talk to him as about his um, friends and family. Okay, Jake, uh, should we get it out of the way? The Manchester Derby. We both got it wrong.
2: <laughs> <laughs> so I think everyone did, didn't they? It was um, it was devoid of anything that game. It was. I was watching it and I was very, uh, I was very bored. I'll admit, uh, I was. It was very much one of those games where I was flicking between, sort of watching it and, and doing anything else to try and excite myself because that was, um, it was exceptionally boring.
1: <laughs> I don't know if I'm being dramatic because I had high expectations for the game, but it's the worst game I've seen this season in the Premier League.
2: Oh, absolutely! Um, you look at the games throughout the season, and um, this is definitely. In that bottom tier, there was it was I didn't have anything, did it? it? You know, there wasn't any chance where you can think, oh, you know, they could have won the game there or this and that. There was, you know, a couple of chances throughout the game. There was four shots on target from both sides the entire day, and I think that says it all really about the type of quality of the game.
1: Uh, I'm going to put it down as a shoddy shoddy display from both managers. There just no ambition to go and win the game uh, or or take any risks whatsoever. Um, I don't know how to. Massive clubs like um, Man City, Man United can turn up on a day and not try to win a game of football. Uh, yeah, just a mass- I mean, that, that match is watched by hundreds of millions of people. Literally hundreds of millions of people will watch that match. And just, you know what I mean? At the end of the day, football is about ent- entertainment. Go on, you on. Got, you got, between them, you've got a billion pounds worth of players in the pitch. And it looked like Fulham West Brom. Yeah. In fact, Fulham West Brom is probably a better game.
2: It was more entertaining, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. It was, oh, um, yeah. It, it was just, it's just it, like you say. There was, they didn't even seem like they wanted to go out and win the game. And I think it really um, set the tone quite early on. And it, it was just, like I say, I was just sat there watching it, just thinking, I can't, I can't even be asked, I can't be asked to watch it. And I was sort of, like I say, just, just doing other things to try and fill the time, really.
1: <laughs> but we were live tweeting that. <laughs> and uh, the general consensus was just like everybody was snapped with it everybody was bored with it um, even at like 75 minutes I was still a little bit optimistic and I was like right Pep's going to come out and try and win the match at 75 <laughs> yeah. minutes um, just that didn't happen just didn't have one sub by both managers Ferran, Ferran Torres come on for City and I thought well that, that is a, that's a a positive change um, I thought like we were going to see Phil Foden um, or maybe Gundogan come on as well who's maybe a wee bit more Forward thinking than um, than Rodri or, or Fernandinho. I mean, it was just it was just a short show. And, and Man United, obviously, they're going to be they're going to be more happy with a point. Um, but honestly, there wasn't that much to to separate them. Uh, I don't think you know either team should go home happy with that. But I get the feeling that both teams are going home ha- going home happy with a point.
2: Yeah, no, I agree. Um, like you say, I thought it was strange that we didn't see the likes of Phil Foden and stuff. Uh, Like you say, when Torres come on, I thought, oh, here we go. Yeah, like you said, it's going to be open up the game a little bit now. But um, I just felt like it was neither side at at that 70 sort of minute mark at that point. I think, like you say, both were weirdly happy with the draw, which neither side should have been happy with because, you know, they both need the points at this stage and they both need that, especially United. You know, I thought they'd have committed a lot more sort of bodies forward being at home and for the pressure that they're under, but, you know, I guess the positive for Man United is, you know, they got the clean sheet and they, you know, they didn't lose obviously is the main sort of factor in that. Um, but it was, um, yeah, it was, it was poor, very poor.
1: <laughs> like a pile of shite. Um, yeah, do you know what yeah. I thought was weird, Jake? And I wanted to ask you about this. Is that, right, Raiola came out, so Pogba's agent, um, Raiola came out and said, has Paul, Paul not been able to express himself in the pitch. He's not playing, I say it's like a long time, so he doesn't want to play in a, a, a defensive position on the pitch. Um, or do any sort of defensive work. It should just be go you should just be allowed to go on the, p- the pitch and just do whatever he wants, essentially. Right? And the following match, right, obviously that was before the, the following match was uh, Leipzig, but the the following league match, right, did you not notice that Paul Pogba was quite advanced up the pitch and out out quite wide on the left hand side. I think he looked lost out there. I don't think he looked, sure. I don't think he's suited being that far far forward at all or being that far out wide. Yeah, I think he's much better central. He's yeah. much, much better central. I don't know Pogba who he thinks he has. Is, is he has himself down as some sort of winger or something?
2: <laughs> Pogba for me is you know he, he's best when he's in that box to box role. And for box me, to box through you know, the
1: middle, being physical, in ball, winning ball,
2: balls. involved, yeah. yeah. ball up deep, and, and you know, and using his, his strength and his pace and his you know, his cut through the midfield, and you know, to to sort of to open up the game and to to run you know forty yards with the ball and 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 cause problems. that's
1: what I'm gonna say He's, he's his strengths. He's strengthened in it and his athleticism. He has a he's a he's an athlete. He's built like a superb footballer. He's tall. He's really really quick. And like you say, like th- those runs where he carries the ball at a quick pace, and like he's too physical for players to get a grip of him. Those are generally down the middle. I, d- I don't know really. I mean, it was kind of like a the weird diamond that, that that Ollie seems absolutely convinced is is the way forward. But to me, it looks like a tactic from, from twenty years ago. Um, which kind of shows his managerial level. I, I wasn't. I wasn't. I wasn't massively No, I wasn't. I'm not. Um, <laughs> I'm Pogba not out, out by on the, the, wing. The, the, the idea that you know his agents
2: coming out and, and claiming all these things. I think it's massively disrespectful to Manchester United. And I, I, I sort of understand it if Paul Pogba had lit the world on fire when, since his return, but he hasn't. You know, he's, he's still sort of in his agents' eyes viewed as the player he
1: was at Juventus. Sorry about that. Te- technical issues. Jake, you were just saying about Paul Paul Pogba in (laughs) the wing.
2: Yeah, no, I was just um, you know alluding to the fact that his his agent and stuff. um, I feel I've been massively disrespectful to to Man United in the fact that he is almost saying he's bigger than the club and he deserves better. um, You know. Five ten years ago, that never have happened. There's a reason I think so. Alex Ferguson sort of got rid of him in the first place, and we're potentially seeing that now. He's, you know, he's coming out and saying, "I'm bigger than this club. I want to move. I am, um, you know, this club doesn't suit me anymore." And I think that's massively disrespectful. And if that was happening at, at Man City or Liverpool, a player was coming out and saying that, they'd be gone you know, look at Coutinho, he came out and said he wanted to leave, and within, you know, a couple of months he was gone, he was gone. Um,
1: there was. kind of happy it. to see the
2: vacuum, weren't we? Yeah, that's it, you know, there was none of this. sticking oh, not up just... to training and fucking... Yeah, you know, and Pogba's always, you know, he's always, he's always got something, and his agent's always got something to say, haven't they? They've always got something to say.
1: Um, well, see, to be honest, like, Pogba goes, right, It gives Van de Beek, uh, or Van de Beek as I like to call uh, uh uh, an opportunity to go out and fill that pod. But I mean he's an he's attacking-minded f- footballer bit and if Pogba go it's like, it's like we said at Liverpool where people thought Coutinho was going to go and we're going to lose all our, cre- all our creativity it didn't happen the, Liverpool just played a different t- style of football they stopped playing a number 10 went to the four three three. it worked out better it got them to a Champions League final now penultimately Liverpool played predominantly a 4-3-3 when they won the Champions League and when they won the Premier League yeah. Um it's not it's not the end of the world when a player leaves a football club and see boss when a are causing this much trouble. I take it for all of us that, that have been through that big personality that wanted to go, and obviously we know how well it worked out for for Coutinho. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> the highlight the highlight of his career since he's left Liverpool is coming on against his own team in <laughs> the Champions League and giving them a doing. I know, yeah. <laughs> it's crazy, isn't it? It's not the end, I don't think it's the end of the world. Paul, be Paul honest. Goes. Honestly, you'd be very, very surprised at how fine, how fine the margins and football are in.
2: I think the best thing for United is to get rid of him, 100%. You know, he's causing animosity in the changing room. He, 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 you know, he's causing all these issues. His agent's coming out and slagging off the club. He's slagging off the manager, which is, you know, in my opinion, is completely out of order. Um, for me, I'd get rid of him in January Get a big enough wage fee for him, and go out and buy someone else. Go and buy players that you actually need. Thunderbait can quite easily step into the role. And the thing is, Pogba's not even. It's not even like he's playing. You know, he's he's sitting on the bench and he's starting the occasional game. You know, it's not like he's, he's still getting year. minutes
1: for he's, he's getting substantial minutes, right? But it's always like he's in the team and out of the team, and in the team and out of the team. That's what I mean. And, uh, do you know what I mean? I think they, they'd honestly be better. They need to the give someone
2: else a run in that team. The minutes he's getting, given to Van der Beek, he's already proved that he can do it. He's he scored a couple of goals, you know. And when he's played, you know, I've been fully impressed with him. I thought he's been really, really good. Um, so I just don't understand why he's not playing more. For me, cut all ties with Pogba. Get rid of him.
1: Get rid of him, introduce Van de Beek, if it does work out, obviously you Man United, go spend your 500 million or whatever you normally spend in exactly. transfer window. I'm obviously exaggerating now, I know he's going spend that, but it's not as if they spend nothing. Yeah. No, <laughs> you know, they were giving fucking a gallo like fucking 400 grand a week. <laughs> I was like, how is this guy getting 400 grand a week? But I'm all right, let's not talk about the finances of football because... It's it's all silly and it's it's incomprehensible money yeah. um, to be talking about. Uh, let's instead go over to the Carlo Ancelotti derby. Uh, so we said Chelsea so Chelsea would win. So obviously that uh, we were wrong. <laughs> As we always are. <laughs> oh yeah, we've
2: been uh been wrong so far, haven't we?
1: Play the blinder. Play the blinder. No, we were right. We were right about the Burnley Arsenal game, but we'll, we will get there. <laughs> oh yeah. No, no, not yet. <laughs> we need to go to Everton, Chelsea first. Where did you think it again?
2: Um, I, I th- actually quite thought it was a good, quite a good game. Um, it, well, I mean, compared to the United game, it was a yeah, it's a masterclass. <laughs> and, uh, but no, I, I thought it was... I thought oh my was, God, they're playing the ball forward. <laughs> yeah, that was it, you know. Um, I thought Everton were really good, um, to be honest. Um,
1: I was glad to see them move back to the 4-3-3.
2: Yeah.
1: Um, I think... Elfie Sigurdsson came in and did a really good job. Um, obviously, there was a little a bit of a scuffle over who was going to take the penalty. I think it took some balls. And to be honest, I've never really seen Sigurdsson missing because he, he does have, but he does take set pieces. He is a cool, calm, collected kind of dude. Um, but yeah, I, I'm glad he, he, he's quickly learned that five at the back is not the way yeah. forever. And if you're going to fail, you may as well fail with a chance at winning. And, this and a... they did. Yeah. They won uh... on a penalty.
2: Yeah, um, you know Everton. You know they've won three consecutive games against Chelsea in the league now. Um, so I think you know they sort of feel like they've got Chelsea's number a little bit. They certainly know how to beat them. Um, Chelsea were unbeaten in seventeen before that game and lost. But I thought, to be honest, I thought Chelsea didn't didn't exactly play badly. Uh, I thought they were pretty good. But
1: no, they weren't. They weren't playing too bad.
2: Everton just, I think, just with, with that little bit, you know, defensively, they were they were. Obviously they did enough to get the winning. Um it's probably, you know, those
1: ten thousand fans, those two thousand fans made a lot of noise. The fans <laughs> a lot of noise. probably did
2: you know, make a difference as well. Uh twelfth man,
1: probably.
2: Yeah, you know, and I thought Everton were good. I thought Calvert lewin was really good as well. Um his hold up play is really good and you yeah, know he's Fantastic, fast, isn't he? He. he's a really really good player, he's really good to watch this season. Um I do enjoy watching him, I do enjoy watching him play
1: football. Um, have you noticed how much height Everton have in the team?
2: Yeah, they are. They're a, they're nice. they like, on
1: four centre backs on <laughs> yeah, that was later. Rich Allison. That's fucking tall. You got Dominic Calvert Loon as a, a fucking monster there. Yeah. Honestly, I really thought Everton could have won it in set pieces. Yeah. Um yeah, know, there yeah A couple of times they came close. Um, I do think they both the center backs uh, that came in that that played at the full back positions and did play like full backs not like wing backs. I thought that was really really clever. I mean how you thought you just, you don't full backs much anymore. It's all wing backs in it. It's all like you know f- wing backs up by the corner flags but you know they kind of play like traditional full backs in terms of that you know they were quite conservative with their passing and um, they did switch to play quite a few times to. They did it fairly effectively um, but yeah I, I think both these centre-backs which was um, so I know Ben Godfrey came out he was out in the left and you had uh, Mason Holgate that was playing at right full-back I think he did yeah. uh, a, a superb job I think they've definitely earned um, if they're not getting in the, the starting centre-back positions because I know it's quite it'd be quite hard to displace Michael Keane 'Cause he's really he's playing really, really good at the minute. Uh yeah, you know I mean again he's playing really well. So I think they deserve to keep those positions until Seamus Coleman and Lucadinho return.
2: Yeah, no, I agree. I thought they were really good. You know, for for centre back slotting in you know, left back and right back. I thought they were solid. They didn't look out of place today. They? they clearly, you know, worked on that in training or, or played there before and yeah, I thought they were good. I thought Everton were solid at the back as well.
1: Well to be honest, see modern centre modern, modern centre backs. They're a bit more like midfielders these days. It's <laughs> like hard, back, though, yeah. Back in the day, a centre back didn't really need to be good with their feet, they just needed to be good at lobbing it up and trying to find a run from a forward. Yeah, they didn't need to be able to switch the play or, or play it short or, or pick a fast into midfield, didn't really need to be doing that. So, I mean, with how good normal centre backs are these days. They could easily do a fullbacks job, and we always did. I mean, I played fullback <laughs> <laughs> when I wasn't good enough to play anywhere else, uh, and I know I, I from experience this. it's the easiest position to play on the pitch. Um,
2: not anymore though,
1: Do you know, now nowadays. Well, I don't think there is any such thing <laughs> as a fullback. It's like it's all yeah. wing back way up at the
2: close. <laughs> and Now, if anything, you know, it's the hardest position to play because you and, yeah. and you've got to be the like, the fittest player on the pitch, haven't you? But up yeah, exactly. entire game. And
1: Do you know, it's like it's it's the one of the positions that's most open to criticism because you're either too far up the pitch and not doing your defensive work or you're not getting forward enough and you're not c- committing um in a final four. Uh, So it's a bit of a, a, a no win sort of position and you know what if you're known as a defensive um sort of wing back like Adam wan people say yeah he's good defensively and doesn't offer enough attacking Trent Alexander-Arnold he's too good he's good going forward but he doesn't have enough defensive I mean do you know what? it's impossible you can't win it. these days can you you That's cannot modern. win you cannot win Full, well wing backs in a in normal form other other their, 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 their uh, modern format are always going to be open to criticism yeah. but I think um uh, Godfrey and, and uh, uh, Mason Holgate did, did superb jobs and made and made Everton much more solid uh, in terms of they were, they were quite conservative and not committing
2: Absolutely Shall we move on to your favourite club to talk about at the minute Sheffield United
1: My favourite club My favourite club to fucking bash
2: <laughs> <laughs> They uh, Speaking of bashings they got an absolute bashing at the weekend didn't they from Southampton We'll just quickly yes. touch on this uh, yeah,
1: Southampton didn't even fucking leave third gear. They didn't. I, mean, I
2: thought Southampton were phenomenal, they were really good. Uh,
1: Again, Saints fans were absolutely superb. They were bouncing. Um, you could tell how happy they were to be back in the stadium. Ah, uh, I mean, just Danny Ings was really, really good. I thought I really do think he deserved a goal uh, for yeah. how well he played. Um, Shea Adams is is. For a youngster, he just looks like a monster, doesn't he? Again, he's going to be he keeps going in this forward trajectory, um, and and keeps developing his game. He's going to be a top top forward, and um, yeah, so it's just like really really confident in the play. James Ward Prowse has just turned into this like fucking set piece. I mean, he's always Peace, a really good, set piece, <laughs> but he's, the amount he's added to his midfield game um, in terms of like winning the ball, I see him win tackles and I've, You look at James, what? James Ward-Prowse. <laughs> and he's, quite, he's quite a small guy in stature. He's not really, you know, big or anything like that, but you've seen him, you know, I think it's this, uh, this uh, captain's armband. I think he thinks he's a foot taller than he actually is and it definitely shows in the pitch and he's just really, really committed um, to, doing, to doing the hard work in midfield and he's added a lot to his game. So, you know, I mean, I said i poll today and it was, like, it was like, who's the best midfielder in the Premier League right now? And he, he was in a header in goal, can't he? Uh, which is obviously a good plaudit. So you know well that James Ward Prowse and his current form.
2: Yeah, um, touching on Sheffield United, you know, I was, when I saw that lineup, I was I was bamboozled. You know, Phil Jagielka, thirty eight years old, Billy Sharp, you know, nearly thirty five years old. You know, if you're looking, I get it, the experience factor, but if you're looking to try to, you know, stay up in relegation you know, you, you're picking players that, you know, two players whose combined age is nearly, is, you know, it's like 70 years old. <laughs> <laughs> you know, Phil Jagioka. Phil Jaggiokert, 10 years ago. See him he through, phenomenal, see
1: him but... through Phil Walcott? Pardon? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, he went through Phil Walcott. man. You could tell he's like lost the legs and stuff like that. <laughs> That's
2: what I mean, you know. I, uh, Jags 10 years ago was phenomenal, but, you know, look at that.
1: I didn't even know he was still playing. I genuinely didn't, know he, I it, I didn't know he was still playing. <laughs> now, Never even knew he was registered in the squad.
2: You know when he's starting, he's thirty-eight. Billy Sharp's thirty-five.
1: <laughs> Sorry, I had to take a wee pause there, Jake. You were just speaking about uh, Elka.
2: Yeah, I'm just. I was. You know, I was just saying that. You know, they're fighting, like I say, relegation, and and you are playing, like you know they no were disrespect to them. You know, old players um, in the Premier League, and you know Danny Ings and Shea Adams are young and fast and quick and fit. And you know they're up against Jagielka, who, like you were saying, you know he's, he's siphoning down the players because his legs have gone. And it's you know it's it's sad to see it because you know Jagielka was phenomenal. But that is really is that is that all Chris Wilder can do at the minute to 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 keep his side in the league is to effectively throw you know Jagielka to the slaughter and say right. Defend against Danny Ings and Shea Adams, who, by the way, are, you know, 10 years younger than you, faster than you, and they're just going to turn you inside out all day. And he's just sort of probably stood there going, Yeah, cheers for that. <laughs> you know, oh, Billy Sharp, you know, you're up against two yeah. big, strong centre backs on your own. Go and do something. All right. Yeah, again, cheers for that.
1: <laughs> oh, yeah, like, um, the first of guard is just fucking it's just yeah, sublime now. He's a monster, uh, Danny, Ings is, Danny Ings is in he's, he's late 20s he's a striker experience yeah. now uh, Shea Adams obviously young and hungry and that's a perfect combination uh, now you get the experience of Theo Walcott you add all that together and it is it's menacing mate it's menacing you got like three different age groups there uh, all with different traits uh, it's it kind of is mixing really really well and uh, but yeah, like you said, Jai Hill went right through the back of Theo Walcott. And a commentator, I can't remember who was commentating on the match, uh, just said, Well, he's told him he's coming. So, you know, I mean, there's nothing. And I was just like, Does it matter if he says he's coming? By the way, I'm coming through the back of you. Bang. <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> I'm, I'm kind of really enjoying watching Theo Walcott because I, I think he's a cracking bloke. And he's so um, good when he talks in these interviews and he kind of sells the sells Southampton vision to you. Um, Definitely. Yeah. So I want, I want to see him keep playing. I, I want to see him do another couple of seasons at Saints, uh, even if it's just contributing in the dressing room because you can tell it never really happened for him at Everton. You've seen, you've seen glimpses, but again, nothing was really happening at Everton at the time he was there. There was nothing special really about Everton. Um, it's, it's a shame, but Carlo couldn't get a, a tune out of him. I just don't think yeah. he's his type of player. Uh, but fucking Ralph has just <laughs> told him to go do what he does best. So. Yeah, That's same. Like an absolute excellent. Uh, I'll start my Sheffield United bashing. <laughs>
2: <laughs> Feel free, Mike is yours, mate. The Mike is yours.
1: <laughs> I said about five or six episodes. Called it early, and you said I was like fucking because <laughs> it was only a, we were only a wee bit into the season. I said Sheffield <laughs> United are going down, and I fucking stand by it, mate. Because do you know what? How 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 long does he have um, in terms of built up credit from last season? Right, Chris Yeah before Sheffield United really need to look at getting a fire a firefight manager in because it's only getting further away. They're in one point after twelve games. Twelve games day One, the one, one point from a potential 36. It is you know. They're on track they're on track to be worse than, than um derby. And that derby side was atrocious. You know they were, this side is atrocious. This side they were, is atrocious. Mate,
2: uh, they, uh, do you know what though? If you look at it on paper, it isn't. Do you know what I
1: mean? Oh, I'm not you know, looking at it on paper, mate. I'm looking at it on the paper. Well, this is and that's what you know, know. quality players. Sander Berg, great. Right, I think it's a quality player. John Fleck, I really rate. Um, I do think um Baldock uh, is really really good as well, and strong. And uh, I do kind of still rate Aaron Ramsdale as a keeper. I do think he will come good one day. Um. It just seems to be just I mean, you seen did you see the did you notice the screaming between the, the centre backs and the keeper? Yeah. so all fucking point it was all finger pointing, mate. It was not, no one taking responsibility. Um and I think once you start having those fallouts, it's hard to it's hard to back each other and, and get behind each other and, and do the work do the running for each other and, and make the challenges for each other. It's I just I just don't see any any signs of that team getting better. I seen it no. when they did the shots against West Brom. They got how many shots against West Brom? 24, something like that, when they had Ollywood Burnley and Ollie Burke on the pitch, right? They moved They moved away, away from that for this game. Um, maybe, at least, I mean, he got some minutes against Saints, but maybe when he comes back to full fitness, they might have something a bit more creative up front. I did notice good things about him last season. Yeah. I noticed good things about all the Sheffield United players last season. Uh, do I think they can stay up? I still stand by what I said. Sheffield United are going down unless... They have a change in management sometimes the same old song sometimes the same old song doesn't have the same effects um, and sometimes you need a fresh a fresh mind with different ideas fresh set of eyes on the project
2: yeah who would be he would go on i'll put you on the spot now who would be your choice who replaces wild earth to get rid of him who would you who would you if you were the Sheffield united board who would you have who would you get in eddie how it's a good shout yeah eddie how
1: eddie Howe. i just think yeah, it was the same the case he was he was at Bournemouth for too long yeah. The message kind of, and they see it so long. They, it's like we spoke about this before. I don't want to come, sound like a broken record of of, of the terms of um uh, uh not squad rotation, but um having fresh players in the squad that haven't been in the club before because it's fresh fresh players like hearing your methods and they, they want to play for you and stuff like that. I mean, his wife, wife one of the key components of why Sir Alex Ferguson was being able to and same with Arsene Wenger actually. The reason they were able to survive so long is because they had um. A lot of players coming and going to the club, and it was kind of easy. But with these clubs, once they get hold of they're like decent players, and they think, "Oh, that player can do a job," they think they can do a job for ten years. But the same manager for ten years, and yeah. it's never going. The message is never going to get tired, or they're never going to. Do you know what I mean? Sometimes you really know, just need, need that sort of. And that's why the new manager bounce is a real thing in football. It's a real thing. It's, it's documented. You see it almost it, every time it, the manager it, it. comes into a club, um, and that's because it just it's just a lift. And I do think um, the message is a bit tired the players aren't playing for him. Um, Eddie Howe, I just think, I, I did rate him in the Premier League. I still, I, I don't think he should be judged um, on on his one failure. Uh, I think he should be judged in his, in his, you know, six or seven good years.
2: That's what um, I mean. You know, Eddie Howe did have a, he had a lot of good times, didn't he, before the relegation? you know, at that point. I feel like, sort of, Bournemouth almost sort of wraps, didn't they? They've sort of just like, you know what, this is done now. <laughs> Let's go down and restart and, you know, unfortunately, that's the way it went. Um, Eddie Al probably would do a really good job for um, for Sheffield United. I completely agree with you. So, yeah?
1: Yeah. yeah. Enough, I do, I, enough bashing. <laughs> yeah. I bashed them enough. Sorry, Sheffield United I fans. It. <laughs> I mean, Don't take a test. <laughs> Next week, I'll be We're bashing someone else. Uh, let's go to. Can we just touch briefly on Phil Motherpool? <laughs> oh God! Do you know what? Right. Uh, was, um, just nothing special about that game. I don't. Feel it was like Arsenal.
2: It was the worst Liverpool performance I've seen in a long time. Um, I obviously I was texting you yesterday during the game, and um, you know we, we 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 were speaking about it, and I, I said to you, I said, you know, as, as, as atrocious as the Aston Villa game was, that you know that was a complete blip. That, you know, at least in that game. We sort of had a bit of an attacking threat, didn't we? It was a massive, it was a basketball game that, you know, it was up and down, up and down, up and down. Whereas in this game,
1: it was. I think that the result definitely looked um, worse than the actual game was. I mean, the, the chances just fell to Villa and they, and they took them. They took them. Uh, but, it didn't, but we looked bad <laughs> against Phil and we did not look anywhere near it. Um, well, I, if you ask me what it's down to, I don't really know, to be honest. I don't really know. Liverpool seem to have this game. Every season, where it's just kind yeah. of like it's when you really expect
2: quite it to quite go do the more. way it's planned, yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. And it's and normally, normally though, looking at past events, Liverpool normally get a bounce back after these sort of games, yeah. Um, I seen Jurgen on the sideline, absolutely screaming, slapping his chest, wake up, you know.
2: Wake I, up! <laughs> I would not have liked to have um, been in that dressing room at half time, I can't guarantee, you know, he sat them down and he, you know, I can imagine he gave him an absolute bollocking like a real yeah, bollock. Yeah. yeah. Do you know, I have the feeling when he gives, when he gives a bollocking, it's a proper bollocking as well. You know, you've, you know your shit when he's giving you that sort of bollocking. And, and the way he was sort of stood on the touchline and I, I was like, God, you know, he's going to go in there and, and fucking hammer. Him. And to be fair, you know, they come out second half and the four were much, much better, but you know, they were still just didn't quite have that. Yeah. Um,
1: I, they were better, but I still wasn't massively impressed. by the second, half. no,
2: absolutely not.
1: You know. I thought it was just so so predictable. I mean, those those film players could centre bass could see those crosses coming. Yeah, uh, from a mile out, they were never going to they were never going to win that that head on the box. I, just, the I, thought, I thought um... really well organised. They were expecting to have those crosses coming in. I mean, where was it? I, I said to you, where was beat a man? Do you know what I mean? Yeah. be a man, you know, take on a man. You're, you're Minamino, you might be good with your feet. You're, you're, you're Mo Salah, you're just one of the best dribbles in the world. Take on a man, just cut inside and see what happens. That's you it. know, But it kept just going out out wide to Andy Roberts and out wide to, to Trent and then eventually Nico Williams and it was just kind of cross it from a little bit deep. Uh, Fabinho's over the top, um, like forward, they were just, they were all over the gaff. I don't know what he was aiming for, but it wasn't Mo Salah. He's normally, he tried about he's normally so good at them he's as well. He's not he's not um i thought um, yeah, he was, i thought young kurt jones
2: you know i thought he played really well i thought yeah you know he he, he looked like one he, he was, was the only one playing with desire. trying to grab the ball and go forward and, and make something happen and um, and uh I, I thought you know you know i give a special shout out to but i was watching it and i thought you know he wants the ball. He wants to make something happen, and it was it was good to see, like you say, someone who's actually trying to drive forward and and get the ball and pick it up and move and 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 cut inside and and you know try something different. He was the only one who sort of really looked like he wanted to do that. Oh,
1: he did do that. He did do that. He had that run from midfield, um, late in the second half. Yeah, uh, and the, he got the shot off at the end. It was a decent shot, not a great one. Uh, Might be another day it goes in. Yeah, um, but yeah, that's what I was expecting more of. I mean, that like, we should be we should be doing that, like six or seven times and a half you know what I mean Uh, in terms of like moving the ball quickly and, and taking on players and, and a certain dominance I, don't, I, I I it's just one of those games mate I, to be to be quite critical I thought I was the worst game of football I've ever seen Gina and Alden play Do
2: you know what I agree with you I didn't <laughs> to be honest we, you know we must we picked him up didn't we we cursed, him, cursed yeah. the the guys you know we spoke about how good he was and to be honest, I didn't even know he played. I, I, it took me a while to figure out that Wine Alden was actually playing. I was sat there and I was like, I had to check the lineup, and I was like, All oh, right, yeah, Genie is actually playing. I didn't, <laughs> I didn't even because he, I didn't hear his name once, and I didn't see him, and I was like, Who's who's in midfield? And then I looked, and I was like, All oh, right, yeah, Genie's playing. <laughs> um, but yeah, he's been so good this season, and yeah.
1: I'm not putting it down as as that bad. Like he's played bad. So did seven or eight other players in the pitch.
2: Yeah, that's it, you know.
1: Um, you know, could have been a lot worse uh, if it wasn't for Alisson, who made a couple of key saves. Yeah, it's
2: good to get him back, isn't it? Always good to get him back. It
1: is, it is. Um, okay, swiftly moving on from that. It's just, just a cost maybe, But like, yeah, give Genie whatever <laughs> he <everywhere>. wants. Yeah. Because <laughs> I already played the first, the first 90 minutes of the <laughs> <and> year. <yield. laughs>
2: Shall we talk Sorry. about the magnificent display from Arsenal?
1: I don't really want to talk about the football because it was shite, but I quite like to bash Arsenal. Yeah, my <laughs> pitch this is the one game we did call. It was uh, yeah. From last week, I said Sean Dyche will absolutely be licking his lips looking at this game uh, in terms of how how it's. I mean, Jacob was a fucking idiot as well. He's all, he's always an idiot. You know why?
2: Um, he's a joke, isn't he? He's a fucking absolute <laughs> joke. You know, your manager's under yeah, pressure, yeah. you need a goal, you need a win, and then you go and do something stupid like that. And that, to me, just sums up Arsenal at the moment, everything about it. Um, you know, your team needs a performance and you go and get yourself sent off by doing something absolutely stupid. Um, and I, I just... Are they, in a, are they in a relegation battle? You know, we had a text conversation about this. Um I've seen a lot of people talking about it on social media.
1: Jokingly, I want to say yes. <laughs> but I don't think so just yet. No, I don't not think at the so moment. Just yet. But, you know, it'd be funny to say. It'd be funny to um, So, again, uh, lots of possession for Arsenal, 65% possession for Arsenal. Uh, they got a lot of shots, got six shots on target. Uh, and then the day they come away, with zero points, um, pretty much. <laughs> Played the, the, the game the exact way that Sean Dice probably thought it was going to play out. I think he probably knew he was going to get three points from this game. Granted, it was from an own goal, but quite, I they, it quite... They deserved they it, the Yeah, they, they did deserve it, and they they got the point anyway, if it weren't for their own goal. I mean, Aubameyang's having just a wee bit of a nightmare oh, just now. Oh, can't they, the <laughs> um, pff, I think Arteta is definitely... I think he'll struggle to win the fans back, and I think he yeah, might be listening. I think to he's already. Well. I think I he's mean, lost. He's lost both. Yeah, I think he's. It may be a bit too far gone. For I which is a shame because he's young and he's a forward-thinking manager, and, and I gave him a wee bit of stick last week, rightly so because he how naively played um, into Jose Mourinho's hands. And I tell you what, I mean, I can't think off the top of my head who comes in for. I think Arsenal maybe made the wrong decision. I mean, we've seen Carlo Ancelotti's quality. He learns from his mistakes, and he's he's old enough and long in the tooth and been in this game a long, long time. and And he learned that He tried five at the back twice. It didn't work. And then he tried something else. He reacted. He was being you know proactive instead of react. Yes. Uh, and you didn't see that for a I think he's just insistent in playing this total football sort of. We have all of the ball. You have none of the ball. It's it. not working. I don't really do a whole lot of beautiful stuff with it. You know what I mean? Um, you know, I, I feel like he came in as, as you
2: know, the he'd worked under Pep and stuff like that. But you know, that's all well and good having worked under someone, but it doesn't automatically translate into the fact that you're going to be a, a, you know, direct replacement and things like that. Um, it, it, I don't, I don't really understand what they're trying to achieve at Arsenal. You know, they went. From Emery, who's you know, I'm not saying he was you know a good a, a good decision for them, but you know, he was a proven winner um, before. You know, they've gone to Arteta, who's not you know, he's never managed before. Yes, he won the FA Cup, um, but since then, you know, Ar- this is the worst Arsenal side I've you know I've ever seen. And Arsenal yeah, had and some, my, and my some had some and my memory, you know yeah. pretty rubbish teams, and and uh, but you know they always seem to be able to get the job done. And Wenger always got top four. You know they always manage to 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 somehow scramble it from the no matter how much of a laughing stock they were. You know they always seem to manage to be able to consistently finish in the top four. But now, hmm. I, you know, I look at them and I think, you know, who are you? Who is this team?
1: I mean, I don't are they are they really going to backdoor into Europe again?
2: No, I can't see it this season. Absolutely um, no chance.
1: I think with, with the way other sides are playing, like, you know, West Ham has been, you know, fairly resolute in terms of just finding ways to get points. At the same time, not playing particularly amazing football, but defending really well. Everton is obviously, when they get back to full strength, we'll probably see an upsurge in them. Southampton are playing some cracking football. Um, God, they'll be lucky to finish above Steve, Bra- Steve Bruce's Newcastle at this I rate. You
2: know what? Uh, I don't, I see them. As you know, I don't see them finishing um, above tenth or ninth in the league because, you know, I can I can you know we can name ten nine ten teams better than them already so far this season. As for Europe, you know, not a chance. They're going to win, get into Europe in the league. You know, if they manage to somehow win a trophy and get into it that way, then yeah, they will. But in terms of league position, absolutely no chance. Are they getting anywhere near the top six or the top eight? You know, they'll be lower than that. Absolutely, I guarantee it right now. I feel like what Arsenal need to do is almost just drop some of these players on these big wages and, and give the kids a go. You know, give the likes of Eddie Nketiah a game. Um, you know, when he's played, he's looked dangerous. Start him. Drop Willian, start him. You know... That's, I feel like, what Arsenal need to do is to get a bit, inject something into the club again and get the fans back on side because at the moment they've lost the fans. And I think not think he's definitely losing the dressing room as well.
1: <laughs> I, t- I totally agree. I mean, they gave Willian a three year deal. <laughs> no idea why. No idea why. Uh, I seen a comment on Twitter and it, was, it said Willy and is aging faster than the Nazi from. Um, and Jones. They've got to pay him fucking, what is that, 150, 200 grand a week for fucking three years? Yeah. Oh, that's no, a bit of poor decision making, but Arteta wanted him. Arteta wanted David Louise. Um, Arteta wanted these players because he thought they were going to be leaders of the dressing room. If they were, I think they'd be seeing that now. Um, and he's absolute insistence in playing Rob Holden as well. I think might just be a little bit past it or past a top six level anyway. Um yeah, work to be done. What to be a lot of work to be done at Arsenal. I was usually, I was gonna say I remember when Everton and Arsenal were both looking for managers, me and you were talking, before it was gonna be the other way around, before Carl yeah. Arsenal and Arteta was gonna go Everton. Uh I think obviously well, I don't think it's it's quite clear that Arsenal got the the poor end of that deal.
2: <laughs> yeah, it's a it's a fact, isn't it? I just, uh, yeah, i I don't know what Arsenal can do short of spending big money and on some big players. But you know, we've seen that that's not always the case either. You know, buying big players isn't doesn't fix things. I just feel like they need to get back to basics, and they just need just need to put the ball in the back of the net. <laughs> um, but. They haven't been doing that and they're really struggling, aren't they? I
1: don't know how hard that is, mate. It's not rocket science. Give it a bamyang out in the wing. Let cut inside and fucking wing it into the top corner like he did fucking 30 times last season.
2: I feel like, he, you know, <laughs> looking at him, he, he looks like he can't be arsed either. He looks, you know, he's quite happy to collect his wages and that's the end of it. You know, he signed a new deal and he's like, yeah, cheers for that. I can, you know,
1: do, do an Erzl pretty much. Yeah, uh, it's a hefty dollar as well. Exactly. Hefty dollar. Um, and again, Aubameyang, 30 years old. Um, he's supposed to be in his prime. They're supposed to be having prime Aubameyang, but of course it was written in the stars. It's always written in the stars in football. You give any any sort of person, any sort of deal, they immediately go downhill, yeah. immediately afterwards. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, should we talk just quickly about Spurs and Palace? Not a whole lot to talk about, but I did mention <laughs> that it was going to be weird. Not weird, it was going to be two counter-attacking sides playing each other. Um, I thought Harry Kane's goal was pretty fortunate. Uh, The um, Crystal Palace keeper, what's his name? Uh, I can't even remember his name. Begins with a G. He had a fantastic game anyway. He had a man in a match performance. I thought he was really, really impressive. Um, And a well one point for Palace. I think Jose probably could have got the three points. Uh, Probably should have, but they did kind of lay off at 1-0. 1-0, I know it's never safe sometimes it's safer for, for, for Spurs but I think they probably could have got a few points that game but um, yeah kept in the game by their, by their keeper Crystal Palace they've looked really really good um, I love that um, Ezi I think he's he's quite a young player yeah he is uh, he's very good he's very exciting to watch as well isn't yeah, he yeah definitely compliments Saha as well having more than one outlet because it's very obviously that was Palace's one one sort of like fault is that it was very predictable what, what they were going to do with the ball and where they were kind of going to <laughs> aim to get it. Yeah. Obviously, and the defeat both for Zaha, but now that they've got a separate. Like, obviously, obviously, it's not as easy to predict what they're, what they're going to be doing in possession. No, yeah. Um, go, on, mate, go on, go go on, mate.
2: No, I just, I just, uh, you know, I want to touch on Kane and Son combining again. I thought, you know, those two are so dangerous, aren't they? when we spoke about it the other day, and and you know how well they're playing compared to sort of strike partnerships in the rest of Europe, and they. To me, that you know, they're so exciting to watch, and, and they proved it again today by assisting and scoring together again.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Long may it continue, they're both in my fantasy team. <laughs> <laughs> I've got Kane, yeah. in mind. <laughs> <laughs> I do as well, he was captain. Um, just to go over the other results in the league, uh, Newcastle beat West Brom, uh, fairly tight game. Uh, Miguel Amaron she scored very, very quickly, fastest goal this season, I think could be. Uh, Leicester put Bright into a sword, which again was very good for my fantasy team that has both <laughs> already and Madison on it. Yeah, um Leicester looked very good, very good in that in that game. Um and yeah that that was it. that was the matches we didn't oh and West Ham beat uh, Leeds, which was a little bit I mean we are seeing Leeds drop off. We kinda of predicted this at the beginning of the season. Would would the, the players have, have the fitness and um to play this intense style of football for the entirety of a Premier League season. Mm. Kind of more demanding than the championship. I think we may be seeing a wee bit of legginess from now, but I do think they're not far off the mark, and we might see a bounce back quite soon. Uh, other than that, we've got a new website, www.totalschemers.com. Go check it out. It's still We're still working on it, but we've got a lot of cool things coming on it, hopefully, and it's some written football stuff as well. Uh, we have a giveaway this week. We're giving away a Barcelona top, and next week we're giving away a Bayern Munich top. So lots of stuff to tune into. You can find us on Twitter at Total uh, And we shall see you on Wednesday for our, our new show that we have not done yet. We're not done our transfer show yet. I'm quite looking forward to it. Lots of stuff to talk about and that'll be out on Wednesday at 8 o'clock. Uh, but other than that, thank you very much for joining us. Uh, we'll see you on Wednesday night. Cheerio, bye.